0: Welcome to The Power of Makeup, brought to you by Timely Business Management Software. In this episode, your host, Lan, talks to Caroline Barnes. With a career spanning nearly three decades, Caroline Barnes is a well-respected makeup artist who has navigated her career through multiple industry changes, motherhood, the new era of social media, and a pandemic to remain one of the leading voices. Today, she discusses with Lan how having integrity is one of the key elements to longevity and her top tips for starting out as a makeup artist you know, as makeup artists, we're always quite alone in our industry and we often read about others or maybe we'll just see an image or maybe read a news clipping in passing. So, you know, I love doing this because now I get to really dive into who you are.
1: And you're so nosy. I'm not nosy. I'm not nosy. I just just feel
0: like, you know, people need to know, um, like everyone that's interviewed, I really respect and I feel like they all have something that touches other people. And I feel like you're your love should be spread out further. So anything oh. I can do to spread that really um, is important to me. And so the few things I know about you, obviously, is speed beauty, which is a lot of people would know for where you're doing lots of quick tips I'm not tutorials. Not well anymore,
1: but yeah. Well, because it, it was called speed beauty because the yes. um, initial videos on Instagram were 15 seconds. Ah. And at that point, I was always doing little quotes for beauty mm. editors in magazines. They were always little sound bites. So I thought, well, maybe I just transfer those written sound bites into something on Instagram. So don't... the first one was like a Estée Lauder double ended uh, concealer, like a, an opaque one and a yeah. um, light reflecting one. Like, this is a really one. You do this. You do that. Great. Speed Beauty. But now they kind of go on for about half an hour. <laughs> so I need to get some brandy expert in to sort that out.
0: So after Speed Beauty, um, obviously, I know you from working with Pixie lot. Mm-hmm. You do her for The Voice. So I love all the looks that you've been doing and also you're ambassador for Max Factor. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love all the little tutorials you're doing as well and representing the brand. It's quite nice to see that, you know, you're inclusive to all the other brands around, but you're really, you know, showing the high street, the luxe and everything like that for real women. And it's really lovely to see. Yeah,
1: real women, real budgets. Mm -hmm. And... I count my lucky stars that um, I've had a brand that's been so loyal to me over all these years. I mean, to have a contract, not on a financial side, that's obviously mm. fantastic for any freelancer, yeah. but to actually have a platform to be able to communicate with consumers via a brand, for me, is brilliant.
0: Yeah, and I think as well for the person that doesn't really know about contracts and branding representation, because yeah. now obviously we've got influencers and Instagram and things, and... Um, you know, it's not very easy to just get a contract out of nowhere. You know, no. you really have to have your credentials in order for a brand to do that. Yeah. And then for them as well to be able to elevate you globally, I think yeah. it's a really good platform.
1: Yeah. For well, WordPress. I think um, Max Factor used to be owned by a, a big corporation called Procter & Gamble. And at that time they had sort of Pat McGrath, Sam McKnight. So because I've been doing it such a long time. Mm. I come from... Um, a field where a lot of brands kind of tried to connect with the people that were working in the industry at that time to try and get the balance of trends and understanding so the corporation world met the sort of fashion world. So that was fantastic. And a lot of my friends um, or contemporaries that time all were working with different brands. And they used to host these big days of all their different products and the people would come and do chats and Pat would do demonstrations. It mm-hmm. was you know what it is now on, on such a small little capsule scale and I think um, one of the beauty listeners from Vogue would then kind of write this kind of trend report, as Mac did, and it would all like gravitate to it and try and get the book and see what was happening. And, and now, obviously, that's diluted now mm. because you know there are so many other ways of communication. But I think always for any consumer looking to get proper advice, it's always, always best to go to an expert who's sort of not biased and has experience of lots mm. of different ages, generations, media types. You know, you adjust your makeup, don't you? Depending on what medium you're working in, if you're working in daylight or a TV studio or film or whatever, there's so many different levels, aren't there?
0: Yeah. So you know, <clears throat> if you wind back to your first memories of makeup, tell me about what, how, I mean, just a little journey of how you got into it. Like, what made you gravitate as to a makeup? professional? Just personally or professionally? Well, yeah. I was
1: always well professionally. Um, I didn't want to go and do any A-levels, I was desperate to leave school, Um, and then there weren't any spas as such. We had sort of like beauty clinics, Mm. um, but they were sort of like, you know, quite shut off with like, you know, neck curtains and stuff. You couldn't really see what was going inside, but I thought that would be a really great way to kind of get into working with people. I didn't really I worked in a hair salon, but I wanted to do that, but I thought maybe it would be nice to do both. I was quite a tomboy growing up, so I wasn't a particularly girly girl. I have mm. obviously wonderful memories of my mother and perfume, and I could talk mm. about that forever. But that's obviously, I think, for a girl who has a mum who likes to dress up. That's a kind of a very common story, yeah. isn't it? But for me, I think when I was 15, I had such terrible, terrible skin, terrible acne for, for many years, that makeup for me became a, a camouflage Enabled me to kind of go out the door without bursting into tears. I mean, I used to tell everyone mm-hmm. I was allergic to strawberries. That I didn't have acne. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> sure if I wish sure I was that
0: clever because I had really bad acne, but I just like caked on,
1: caked it on exactly. Estée but but when I work. could see, you could see people looking, right? You could see their eyes go around <laughs> your face, and you're like, and I really tried to like draw on the big eyes, big colourful <laughs> eyes, and you know, kind of just distract people from looking at my skin and I would try and keep their eye contact so that they wouldn't go, oh, no, but I just, oh, yeah, I can't eat strawberries. And for me, you know, my, 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 my youth, that kind of allowed me to be accepted, which is utterly ridiculous. But, you know, you say these things, you convince yourself, don't you? So it was like, wasn't that bad. So anyway, going back to what you said, makeup was a tool for me to be able to go out and feel a bit braver, mm. which I think gives empathy as you get older, to people who are kind of struggling with how they look and they want to change that because they want to boost their confidence too, which is what we've talked about a lot mm. in the past. So it came from from that initially, rather than be a kind of like I want to look prettier, or I want to experiment. And for us, I think growing up, for me in the late eighties, nineties, you know, top of the pops in the music industry was just a wonderful thing. And lucky I've been able to dabble in that and work with some great artists and and continue continue from there, but. Yeah, I'll keep talking. Lan, so. Oh no, it's brilliant. It's <laughs> so fascinating. And, yeah, you know.
0: Um. So then, from actually, that's very similar to me. Like you learned how to make up yourself, but obviously mm. not on the professional level. So, yeah. How did you transition that into the professional side? Like, what made you just go, oh? <clears> is- uh, well, I studied
1: in hair and Definitely. beauty at Guilford Tech. Mm. Um. At that in in that course, it was like a three year thing. Um. A makeup artist came from Thames Television then. Um, she'd just been made redundant so she was like listen you know you can get a job maybe in the BBC PAYE but everyone's freelance now and that's really hard and you won't be able to pay your mortgage or your rent she was quite down because there was a big period of time where makeup artists were employed and now everyone was becoming freelance anyway from that she then went to London College of Fashion I managed to work there sorry to study there for two years it was a really really intense course but so many people didn't take it seriously, which is like such a shame. There's like 4,000 applicants. I couldn't afford to go privately. So, you know, you had to do all these like folders and i got people around and this is 60s makeup, 40s makeup, mm. present these massive folders, got in. And, and that was fantastic. And then makeup artists would call up and say, listen, can I have an assistant? And then I met people through there. And, and, oh, okay. And so kind of the school
0: thing worked for you in, in yes. terms of getting out?
1: Yeah, in terms yeah. of getting me to London, mm-hmm. out of um, Surrey, where I grew up. I didn't have any contacts within my family or friends. People were like, well, if you don't have a director or producer, you know, nepotism is everything. <laughs> if you don't have any contacts, you're not going to do very well. And I was like, I am going to prove you wrong.
0: Yes, this is what I love about that. And I've never, you know, because you're always so calm and it's very much like me. People are like, oh, yeah, you've really done this, done that. But it's that back mind of where people say, yeah, you can't do it. That you find your like, own way. You must way. be able to do
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. And I never said no to anything, even when I was like, "Can you do a job and a film? You know, the film, um, uh, the film school. The film school that was in Ayles, was it Aylesbury? Anyway, the International Film School are doing yeah. film. So, can you do Sunday six a.m. Mm-hmm. call? And I'm like, I know I've got my friend's twenty-first birthday on the Saturday. I really don't want to do that, but two hours sleep, off you go. You do it just because you just never know, right? You never yeah. know what job or who you're going to meet. So it does take a lot of energy to be and sustain ourselves for this long. Mm. You've got to keep going. But it's, it's within us. It's our passion. Like we were talking about someone retiring, you know, in a couple of years. I'm like, I just don't think I'll ever retire. Because yeah. it's just part of who we are. And yeah. I love women and I yeah. love meeting people and I love learning about people. And it's such a social job, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and to have a job where you go and meet different people every single day and you learn from different people just kind of gives me energy. I'm a sucker. I'm definitely a sucker, so lockdown for me was really bad, because I was like, I need people, I want to talk to people. That's what I really noticed
0: about you, is that you were, because um, I'm so used to, it, like you said, like at the beginning, where if you're around down people, they say, oh, you know, you can't do it, you won't yeah. do it, I didn't yeah. think you'd do it, and, you know, proving them wrong, and then naturally meeting you was such a fresh air, because you've got this you know, long credential list, you know, you're up there, I mean, amongst, I mean, if you were to ask people to name makeup artists out there, it's a handful, I think, that anyone would be able to list off, off the top of the head, and you were one of the names, oh. you know, because obviously you worked with Kylie Minogue as well, but you've done so many press editorials and things like that as well. Is there anything particular that, in your head, just said, yeah, I'm a makeup artist now? know because i feel like if you're Mm. self-taught and you're climbing up the ladder doing all these bits you almost have a self-sabotaging
1: sort of confidence problem i
0: think a lot of people that i'm finding when i'm talking to them Mm. have a point of self-sabotage or not feeling confident in their skills because it's so saturated now Mm. you know you're comparing yourself constantly Mm. so
1: and that that was a really beautiful moment because i don't do that anymore and that happened about six or seven years ago i and it changed everything for me. I just felt completely opened up. I realised, as we all have, that you, you you don't nobody owns anybody anyway. You don't have clients mm. forever. You have moments of people and then you pass, and it's, it's a business at the end of the day. But when I really, really properly accepted that I couldn't control my jobs and my clients, I just was like, listen, I can't, you know, whether I'm with the same agency as you, whether we're with the same person, I don't know. It's not in my control. People are going to like me. People are not going to like me. People are going to prefer someone else because of X, Y and Z and I can't control it. So now I just champion everyone because I'm actually delighted for them because we all have our moment right we all have our moment and then sometimes we have to just go to the side and we have to wait (laughs) and we have to tap our fingers and go it'll come back it will come back and then you meet someone and something else happens and then you go off so I know that's how it rolls over all these years so you just have to be patient and genuinely championing people and enjoying people's stories it's just really freeing And not to have any... Because I was very competitive in my 20s, not going to deny it. I wanted to do really well and I wanted to be with the best, doing the best, and had a great time. Now, I don't feel like that. I'm just like, it will just be what it will be. So what
0: do you think was that point and then that switch? Because I'm sort of in my head now thinking my switch was... um, I
1: just think, you know, you get let down a lot. The first time that someone decides that maybe they're going to go for a a different team and you're Mm -hmm. not involved in that team, it is literally heart-wrenching it's like you know it's like a proper breakup like a first breakup and you never really because obviously you can't have emotions in business no one ever deals with that particularly well because they don't want to upset you so they just think that it's never going to happen and back in those days before social media you didn't know until maybe you saw a magazine credit and you're like oh I didn't do that vocal. or I didn't do this uh-huh. or I just think geez so obviously now you know um and I don't, you know I don't know I think probably just getting older and just not giving up. A bleep anymore because you know <laughs> yeah. things happen in life, it's it, and very much in your 20s, it's all about work, isn't it? For us, anyway, we're yeah. quite fortunate <clears throat> that we could do that. And obviously, I have three boys, I have a family, I've had you know lots of different scenarios going on in my life, and you just think, well, you know, health is your wealth, isn't it? Health
0: is your wealth. Let's bring mine back, three <laughs> boys. Hmm. Three boys. So how have you juggled work? Because obviously, you know, like you said, you don't say no, you keep working. Um, I was in the same situation. I was practically in denial until I literally... (laughs) (laughs) Let my baby come out. And then I was still, I was still controlling my team and stuff from yeah. the hospital bed the next day after my baby, oh my you know, God, because I assumed I'd be okay. But obviously,
1: yeah, it's hard. It's a big it. learning and you would have learned from that. And I'm sure you didn't do that the second time round. No. You probably no. gave yourself 24 hours. Four weeks. <laughs> Four weeks. <laughs> round of applause. That's good for you. Oh. Yeah, I think um, I remember saying to my agent, you know, I'm pregnant. And I thought, oh, my God, no one's going to want to have a makeup artist, a mum makeup artist. I mean, I'm just going to lose all my work. I mean, how ridiculous. But that's how terrified I was 29 and I was pregnant. And I was just like, oh, God, that's it. That's the end of it. I mean, what a shame. But actually, it wasn't the end of it. I took my time off. Um, I remember kind of doing a client, jumping in the car and then breastfeeding. And my husband at that point then was, was freelance as well. So I really actually don't remember. We had lovely childcare, flexible people. I was like, sometimes you might need to come at five in the morning, but you can leave at 10 a.m. And sometimes you might have to stay till midnight because Tim's away. And I, literally, you just you can't think it, you can't plan it. You just have yeah. to go with it. I mean, it's harder now. They're challenging me like mentally and doing all this thing and exams. It's just a bit like going to work. Like yesterday, I went to work and I was like, I had relax. You it's know? Like a day off, isn't it, it when we go is, to work? It is, because obviously, we are blessed to be mm-hmm. creative people, mm-hmm. but that is my sanctuary. And, you know, later when I'm not, you know, when life isn't so demanding, I'll get back to my pottery and my art and stuff like that. I, I see yours and what you did in lockdown. I'm just like, i just got these stacks of paints and pads <laughs> that are just literally not being used, but you know, just wait, just wait. Um, and so that is relaxing, isn't it? But you just, we all do it. I mean, three is probably a little bit insane, but you know, I couldn't be without my youngest as well. So, you know, it is, How it is. Old is your, your but husband? also 10. Um, But also, again, Lan, as a balancing act, Mm -hmm. to have the children in the the hardest part of our job and the most annoying part of our our industry and and how we work is that it does affect you emotionally. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm saying I'm free about whatever and I'm very happy for everybody else, I'm not comparing myself to anybody anymore, Mm -hmm. I really am not. But obviously, if you work with someone, whether it's a a fashion director or a stylist or whatever or, or a music artist actress and you don't get rebooked it's just a bit like okay i'm not gonna let oh you have a quiet week and you're like oh dear now what's gone on you think oh dear but we obviously do other things and social media is great because you can kind of keep mm. reacting like that but that's the hardest thing i think you know for a lot of freelancers i'm sure it's the same for actors it's just trying to kind of not let your job be emotional like i craved for many years just to kind of work in a bank like, how amazing you could just go to work do your thing and then leave and that to me was like freeing but yeah, it's yin and yang isn't it yin
0: and yang you can't have
1: it all great you know there's got to be like a downside but that's 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 the downside i think
0: it's funny because like i've always you know when problems arrived i've always found a way to just do something else and i think you know it's only when the pandemic hit that's when it's like oh my god what do That's do when now? you
1: blossomed. <laughs> I just so so for anyone else who doesn't head. know Lan yeah. <laughs> in the pandemic, Lan, we were just talking off air mm-hmm. and it has to be said that, you know, you literally became a leader in our industry you really were someone that everyone connected with and i'm saying messages that i was getting into my dms and stuff you must follow land look what she's doing and she's really helping us with our kit and COVID, she's been really open and she's sharing stuff and it was a bit like when lisa first started her youtube channel people like, oh. oh my god she's telling everyone that she uses bioderma or whatever it was like because it was a very secret a lot of people were very you know i remember doing shows oh my god Literally. I mean, I know you do a lot of shows, but, you know, depending on what kind of teams you get on, you can be very unlucky. or You can be very lucky. And everyone would have these black mooji boxes mm. with the flip lids. Yeah. And they would set their stuff up and they would flip, 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 flip their lids. So it would just be like a black table. and am like, why are you hiding your stuff? I've got some great stuff too. Actually, if you flipped open your lid, we could maybe share, yeah. and compare, not just like, but the pandemic has led you to this which is fantastic and it's just great to have the communication of everyone to share their stories in our industry and you are literally driving that
0: exactly it's just another way forward of just um bringing something else um i wanted to highlight obviously you're a leader too because you did the nhs morale yes and you brought in everybody that was a, a whole marathon so you know what inspired you to do that is it still going
1: Uh, No. Um, Afterwards, I did groups of people um, within different wards and different hospitals just to kind of generate more because there was obviously that interest then. Um, It came from a message actually from an American nurse from my YouTube channel saying if I could just have half an hour with you after my long shift, I would feel so much better. And I thought, well, I can can definitely do that. But wouldn't it be wonderful to do it for so many people? Um, And um, I just thought well, I have to do it. And I'm not like we talk talking about soldiers and sergeant majors. I'm not that person. So it literally it was like an out of body experience. It's like, OK, I'm going to do this. No, please. Don't. I am. I'm going to do it. And luckily, again, Max Factor were very helpful. Um, and they didn't, you know, advertise the brand at all, but they gave me their team to help up set up all the links. Cause I didn't even know what Zoom was then. I mean that's you know, that's how long ago it was when it first started. People say I don't even know what that is. You know, how do I how do I communicate? But the long and short of it was a thousand NHS workers got one-to-one um uh uh, uh, this is it was the issue in the beginning because I didn't want to call it a makeover. And when people were dying and we were all locked at home, you, that was really not the right sort of terminology to be using. So morale boost was was born, and I think that's a great sense of what makeup can do. And actually, everyone had different experiences. Some people just wanted to talk. Some people just talked through skincare or different colours. Everyone's experience was different. But when you're caring for people. The, the, the best way to recharge is for someone to go, hey, how are you? And actually, because that people don't really say that genuinely, like, yeah. you know, going to see a therapist or having some sort of counselling, it's quite emotional when you think, you yes, you have to respond with a p- sensible answer. And that's quite a lovely thing. And I know a lot of people still, um, you know, still communicate with their doctors and nurses, which was lovely and great to bring everyone together. And
0: the thing is, you know, <clears throat> as
1: I was involved with that and I did it, a few
0: of the guys as well. It's quite a full-on day, actually, because they were really into all the products and asking loads of questions. Does it, like, um, still baffle you that people don't know about makeup, considering it's such a massive thing with social media? I mean, how do you think it's changed from then to now?
1: Well, I just think, what are we doing wrong? Because you guys are not reading the magazines or the supplements or watching anything. I think that there's, it's, it's two-pronged. I think this is our world and we live it, breathe it every single day, but for a person who has a family and a job, they probably think about makeup and skincare for like 0.5% of their day. So it's, you know, it's the thing about cooking, isn't it? You might look at how to cook a certain dish a hundred times, but it just doesn't stick. And you look at it because you enjoy the visuals, you like the food, but you're like, well, how do I do that again? So people just are listening and they're watching, but they're not really properly paying attention. And also our skin types, our skin colours and our faces and our aesthetics and how we choose to look are all so different. So there's so many variables. So actually getting what's right for you is very difficult because there's just so many different levels and it's such a personal thing. So it's not one size fits all. But I think if you are someone who I think is has genetically blessed naturally beautiful never really needed to depend on makeup like we did Mm. you then don't really need to rely on makeup then you get to your sort of mid-30s and you're like you know what i could actually do with a bit of a boost or a lift or this and you know but never really use products so you literally don't have any skills Mm. and then you try and look for people to follow now obviously but it's only product recommendation really that we grew up with in magazines was just brand 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 no kind of proper application Mm. So obviously there are people to follow and people can do that, and I think people do do, but it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, how many times you ask, what's the best concealer? What do, you mean the what do you mean there's two types of concealer? Like, wow, I know. So when you think you're waxing on, like when I first started my social media, I thought, oh, God, I can't do this. And it was embarrassing because you think all my makeup artist friends are going to look, oh, my God, why are you talking about that? Everyone knows that. But I realised that I was talking to Barbara from Bristol. I wasn't talking to my because obviously if you're is, you should know that anyway. So you don't need to be following me. This is for consumers and people who want to learn. So once I kind of got that in my head, I've I've found I was able to talk about makeup freely. But you do know that when you talk about brands and stuff, I don't necessarily maybe use what
0: you use. So when I'm just flicking through mm. and I see what you're talking about, yeah. I'll go, actually if Caroline's using it, I'm gonna use it yeah. and then I'll go out and
1: buy it. So Brilliant. actually and that's why I think what's so key about artists like ourselves is that we will never, ever, ever recommend anything that we wouldn't give to our best friend. And that integrity is mm-hmm. so important. I mean, I've turned down lots of different partnerships and money because I just won't do it because there's no point. Otherwise, I'll never be trusted again. And that's, that's the difference, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Between using your... My social media is something that I do because it's a wonderful way to communicate. It's not where I, where I earn my money. I do earn money from it. The brand says, oh, we have seen that you've been using this. Would you work with us? hundred percent. But my actual mortgage is paid for on my proper job. And that's that's the difference, I think, that you need to kind of understand when you're following someone's advice. Yeah. Um,
0: so if, um, obviously, you're a queen of the red carpet and celebrity, mm-hmm. so, I mean, how- We did
1: the TV show together. You were like, um, we did um, Glow Up. You did the fashion show yes. and then I so did, did the did red carpet, carpet yes. one. Yes,
0: <laughs> the red carpet. So, oh yeah, I forgot you were on up Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't sure if you had um, said anything about advice on, on that. So how did you transition? Because I know like working with celebrity is quite high <clears> pressure. <throat> so if somebody sees the glam of it all, you know, mm.
1: um, I suppose for music, anything. I suppose from working with lots of different artists and doing mm. red carpets through that, um, obviously our poor actresses, we were talking about this yesterday you know sort of even sort of five six years ago really weren't looked after because there was no budgets for them to have hair and makeup like they were in America and if you compared the images on Getty compared to the images that you'd get from America to England I mean it was incomparable and it was a real shame so as I started meeting different publicists I was like we, know, we need to change that because it's not fair that they have to put their own makeup on their own makeup it does not translate they do not know how to put the hair with a face with the outfit mm-hmm. and it's it's a real art you know these women you know it takes a couple of hours to get these girls ready that's why it all works and if you don't have someone being you know critical and you know putting your look together and being objective then it's impossible to do it for yourself because they are actresses you know, they aren't their own brand they are different characters you know playing different stories so they need that so that's all changed now and obviously there is much more money in that so I mean not a lot but there's money to get people to help you formulate your own brand so that's obviously much bigger and it wasn't like that before there's many more junkets because of Amazon and Apple and uh, everything else that's going on so that's fantastic and I love working with with individuals I think as I've grown older it's nicer to work with an older clientele as well um, yeah, I don't really know you can't plan, you, you know, you can't plan it. Can you, no. I'm just literally going with it. And fortunately I've continued to work. Um, and it's been amazing and, and long and long may it last. You just don't know, do you? But from, you know, wafting a Polaroid in the studio, waiting for it to develop to actually the first photographer that said to me, do you know about Google? I'm like, what? It's like yeah, you can just put anything in, and you get pictures up. And I'm like, oh really? Okay. We we're in the studio. It was like a really dark winter's evening. He's like, just say one thing you want to look at, and I was like, all right, body painting. Let's see what comes up. I mean, it's typical, <laughs> right? So he puts in body painting. Six pictures come up. Six pictures. I mean, it's amazing because I was like, yeah, but I've just got books for that kind of stuff. Why would I want to go on the computer? It just didn't seem like to connect at all. And here we are, you know. And I'm sure you had the same thing where everyone was like. Do you want to do Instagram? You're like, why well, how do I do that?
0: Um, what advice would you give to anyone listening that's, that wants to do it? Um, Makeup. Makeup. <clears throat> Any selling tools that you wish you knew?
1: I think you just have to not know where the future might take you in terms of this media. There is so much work, obviously in film and TV now. I mean, so much work. And I came from a TV, sorry, I came from a TV background. So I love working with people. I never came from an isolated independent makeup artist from the word goes. I've always worked with teams, so that's why I like to share stuff, I suppose, more than others. Um, And I would say you just have to contact people and be persistent, but not contact them, I want to work with you, I want to do this, just maybe being supportive of what they're doing, maybe just say that you like this, or you know, just kind of have a sort of open communication. Then you need to contact all the different agencies, and you need to be persistent about that, you need to be making sure that you are doing work that is representative of what the top makeup artists that you are looking at are doing as well. So if you put your work next to their work, how does that compare? Are you using too much color are you retouching your pictures too much are your models the same are does the variety the same do you need to go and work with different photographers and it's so easy right to find people that will work with you i mean we still work for free i still go and do editorials it don't cost me any money to get a tear sheet of someone or some Mm. photographer so don't expect to go in and work and get money i mean i have an assistant going what time i going to finish Right, well, sorry, I'm never going to work with you again. And I'm just not. What time am I going to finish? Well, I don't know. I don't know what time I'm going to. I never know what time I'm going to finish. It's usually around this time on this particular job, but you just don't ask that. And to be a great assistant, just be really bloody efficient. And you've got to put yourself... It's the hardest thing, right? It's like if you said to me, right, go and do a really beautiful bronzy makeup, Caroline, I'd start going like that because I would be trying to think through your head, like, what would you do? It's really difficult isn't it but to be an assistant you are there to facilitate that person's day and to make that person's mm. day so much easier so that person can't do without you it's not about you doing the makeup or anything i remember i screwed up big time oh, the, uh, makeup artist that i assisted she we were doing this thing for wella we had eight models um and i arrived in the studio in, in soho and i literally was so keen over keen and she went out all the models were there and they were saying, well, what, you know, how long is it going to be? And I said, I don't really know. And to learn, the makeup artist had gone out for a fag. So I was like, oh, I'll just get on with it. So she'd literally gone for like 45 minutes. So I'd done two of the girls. And she came in and I said, I've already done two of the girls because they, you know, they really want, they want us to start. And she went, how dare you? How dare you? What right have you got to You don't even know what you're doing. Literally, I was kicked out. She kicked oh. me out. <laughs> but I was like, well, I've done your I've done the makeup. But you know, you just, it's not about you. You just have to make that person's life easier. I think that's some good advice. Right? That's brilliant I mean, advice. I mean, because, you know,
0: sometimes when I'm teaching and I I don't know if you do much teaching, but, you know, this is like gold dust to hear somebody yeah. say that because sometimes when I tell them, you know, that you've got to be efficient and do all this stuff and you can't do makeup on set when I don't even know how good you are yet. Yeah. They just go, well, that's why I'm here to do
1: the makeup. I want to do your job. And you're like... You know, um, and that's the that's the sad part of the kind of Instagram yeah. instant success. It's not about that. That's not going to give you any longevity whatsoever. So how what? So
0: what makes somebody stand out for you? To just get someone who's I, I yeah. wheel
1: my bag and they've already emptied the bag out and they've laid it yeah. out. But they've said, listen, what do you want out? What are we doing? And I'm like, oh, I actually have no idea. You know, just thinking ahead and just being really organised. I am chaos. I am not really organised. I know everything is, but it's not. Ta-da-da. And I had one girl who came in; it was amazing, Laura. She had a labelling machine with yeah. her. I mean, yes, I've now <laughs> bought labelling machine. Still got it out of the box. But anyway, just you know, having those lovely ideas. going, we you know what do you think about this, Karen. I've got this, and or just having some wipes near you, or holding your brushes, or just you think wow we are going to actually work together having an assistant you kind of need to morph together so they're actually switched on and the worst thing that you can do and i know it's really hard socially for young people is you cannot come into a studio i think where there's no one saying just go on your phone and wait because i know it's a default thing and i know that people do it because they aren't confident and they think well I'm just sitting down so I use my phone please do not do that please do not do that just stand there and wait and just ask and watch and watch and watch but if you're on your phone you may as well not be there and you're not going to get paid very much so make sure you get everything you can from that job and that's the hardest thing I think about our society now that everyone is elsewhere when they are somewhere that's a real great opportunity and that's you know a big thing to miss. Mm.
0: What is the power of makeup?
1: What is the power of makeup? For me, I just think it's allowing you to be who you want to be on any certain day, whether that's kind of embellishment or just being flamboyant or just kind of concealing what you want to hide or just literally being creative. There is such a buzz in buying something new, and I've done it all the time. If I see something, whether it's the packaging or it's a texture or it's a color, you want to buy into that gorgeousness of it, don't you? It just is my thing, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. It's not the best answer, is it? <laughs> no, I love
0: that. I love that. I think it's so different. Because as you're a makeup artist as well, as of me, I just think it's so lovely just to hear someone else say similar things.
1: Mm. It's quite... Um... I mean, there'll be so many times where I make someone up and they're like, oh, can I just have a bit more pink on my lips? Or can I, just... I said, please don't change it. Let's just take a photograph mm. of, of what we've done And then you'll see it come together because daily makeup and makeup that you might wear on a Saturday night going out with your mates is not the same as what we are doing. Okay, makeup translates very differently on film with what you're wearing. And we're trying to portray you as a certain person or we're resembling this as a story, as a narrative of a song. So we have to do it. So you're going to have to be brave. And that's what's lovely, I think, after we've done it for so long. We know how makeup Mm. translates, don't we? So that part of my job, I absolutely get a kick from. And then it's wonderful that, aside from that, you can use it as a source of power and confidence, and you can also just change who you are. You know, whether you put your nail varnish on or whether it just kind of creates just a bit of—it's a—it's a good feeling, isn't it? It's a—it's a booster. And just as a last
0: one, actually. Um, because this whole ageing thing, I think, you know, as you're getting to a certain age, like I'm in my 40s now, I've noticed obviously things are dropping, things moving, and that whole question of sur- surgery or Botox and yeah. stuff. And I, I remember as when I was younger, I used to think, oh no, never, never, never grow old mm. gracefully. Um But then I realised my mother had done all the surgical stuff, but she never told me. No. So, yeah, and it was only like, only like when I later on that my cousins said to me, oh, do you know how you know, your mum looks great, doesn't she? Yeah, back in the days, you know, in the 80s, she went to America, she had a facelift, she had a nose job, she had her eye Gigi. lift. And I was like, holy crap. And then fat injected into her hands. And these were all experiments back then, you know. That and was very experimental, but the 80s, obviously, now, very brave. Yeah. I'm getting into her age group, and I'm thinking, yeah. oh, do I, don't I? And, you know, it's that whole thing where it's actually normal for the younger kids in the 20s, 30s, mm. Mm. all having it. Mm. I mean, so. Where women want to go and get it done, you know, um, how do you feel about that? Like, any. Local creams that you recommend, or anything like?
1: Well, I think it's wonderful that we understand. We understand yeah. what vitamin A does. We understand now what vitamin C does, um, and I'm hope that we can communicate that so other mm. people can kind of take from that, and that companies are exposing their inky list much more, so you can understand what what works. There are some great Japanese products, Shiseido mm. and Clay de Poe. I have no idea what in there, what's in there, but they're amazing. But on the baseline with the inky list and the ordinary and things like that, it's really wonderful that you can sort of be your mm. own chemist if you really listen and understand. So we never had that. We were so limited, weren't we? And there's also great skincare brands now that you can get delivered to your door that are prescription strength. And that's also fantastic. So you don't have to go and pay for a dermatologist anymore, which couldn't be up to 700 pounds. You can mm. now kind of do these online things of you know, proper dermatologists can actually look at your skin, analyze it, and then you can get really strong products, which I think is fantastic. So these changes are brilliant. I can't judge anyone for, for what they do. Everyone's got their own mm. pathway. I think it's really sad when young girls have absolutely no expression whatsoever. And I know from working with certain people that people feel very vulnerable if they think that people can see sadness or fear or worry or any kind of emotion. Like It's a it's a very strange world that feeling emotion is, is a bad thing and creates anxiety straight away. We all need to learn how to deal with different emotions and label them as such, not just as an anxiety umbrella. And to kind of You know shoot loads of botox into your skin at 20 to obscure that for you to stay as though you were strong is deeply saddening anyway it is what it is i think being realistic about how you look and that's why i don't use any filters in my pictures i play with light very well because i'll tell you what i can look really crap in one picture and i can just go 90 degrees and i look so much better but we we're taught that right i know how to work with light to make myself the best i can Mm And I just thought, if I to my face and I look like how I'd like to look, when you see me this morning, you'll be a bit like, oh, flipping heck, look at her. <laughs> and I see, I've seen that with influencers that I've worked with and seen them at events going, wow. And I just thought, no, I have to be realistic because I am getting older, I'm 50 next year, and I want to look as fresh as I can for 50. And of course I try all these different treatments. I'm lucky that I get to try these treatments, but I did have my lips done. <laughs> About six months ago, and I it terrified that. the hell out of me. And I probably won't do it again. I it was an that. experience that put me off. I'm yeah, so well, you don't need it done. But I just yeah. thought, oh, Caroline, and all I wanted was my old lips back, you know. And but let me tell you, once it settled down, I fell in love with it, and I was like, oh, I love my lips now. <laughs> I mean, they're not very different, but it just made a difference for me applying makeup on camera. Mm. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have bothered because I just think I just have to accept myself getting older. Because guess what? I'm so, much, I'm so much a better person being older and wiser and, you know, all of that. I've just got to stop, the hardest thing, you know, stop obsessing about those things because mm. my natural resting face is obviously, you know, I feel my eyes are a bit hooded or my face looks a bit flat, but you know when you're speaking to someone, and hopefully I am now, that I look better when I'm talking, but we kind of look at ourselves and analyse ourselves when we're kind of just like staring in the mirror and you're like, oh God we don't necessarily come across like that. And it's all about yeah. the energy, isn't it, and the confidence. So I try yeah. and try and work on that. But no one wants to look tired. No one wants to look haggard. And there are these things that can help. It's just choosing the right people to kind of do it so that you kind of look as good as you can for as long as you can. But you know we have to, you know, celebrate being older, right? And it's slowly but surely, with the right photographers and the right lighting and great models, you know, you are seeing more women you know, in their 50s and 60s, looking great. But still, it still needs to come forward. It's still not enough, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I think it will definitely change over the next few years, hopefully, anyway. Well,
0: as Makeupverse, we're doing our best to get the yeah. word out there. So, <laughs>
1: um,
0: so just to let everyone know um, where to find you, generally at speedbeauty.com.
1: So Caroline Barnes Makeup on Instagram and then Speed Beauty on YouTube. Yeah, I think it's, yeah Speed Beauty, I'll come up. Okay. Perfect. Caroline, mm-hmm. okay, no, thank, thank you man. so much for joining me. Aww. It was such amazing chat. And I feel like... Thanks for inviting me. No, I'm part of the I've, land crew. I feel like I've been accepted. Friends, you know? Um, it's so lovely. And I'm just, really, really grateful for that. I would not want to be on the outside of this. This is really special. And I think it's so nice to have a community mm. in any space of love. a community yeah. in your road, a community, you know, of, 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 of people, industry experts. And we don't have that anymore. Yeah. You remember the InStar Awards that we used to go to? Yes, yes. And then that was the only time every everyone yeah. would come together and we'd all be looking at each other yeah. and go, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. But, you know, because of social media, it's nice that we can.